When I first read today's gospel selection from Mark, I thought about giving you a sermon about taking a break, about resting, about going away regularly to your own deserted place, either actually or metaphorically to renew your spirit and revive your soul. I think rest, real intentional rest, it's good for us. I think it helps keep us creative, focused on what's important. It keeps our tanks from going totally dry. But I'm not going to preach that sermon. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. First and foremost, you know that already. You know that we are commanded to keep the Sabbath. You know that Jesus rested. You know that you are a better, happier, and more stable person when your tank is full. You know that. And while it's always good to be reminded of these things, even when we do know them, there's another reason that I'm not going to preach that sermon. Because I know that some of you here have good reasons not to rest right now. You are in the trenches. I know that you have brand new babies or sick family members. I know some of you are in mourning or planning weddings. I know that some of you are waist-deep in crisis. You know who you are, and you know that this season that you are in will end eventually, so I won't beat you over the head with one more thing on your plate. You will rest when you are able. Stay the course for now. So instead, let's talk about sustenance. One of the most poignant lines of this morning's gospel readings To me, even amidst all this impact in here about sheep and shepherd, great crowds, the sick and the healings, there is this line. Many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. We live in a culture of meals on the go. We eat in the car, we eat at our desks, we eat while we walk. School lunch times are getting shorter to accommodate increased school requirements. Family meal times are getting scarcer to accommodate increased activities and late work nights. We eat alone so often just so we can multitask and get whatever it is that needs to be done, done. There is so much eating in the Bible. Abraham and Sarah entertaining angels. The Israelites eating manna in the wilderness, the wedding at Cana, Mary and Martha's hosting of Jesus, and that's just a few of them. I think scripture's emphasis on meals together makes this one little side statement in this morning's gospel even more pointed. They didn't even have time to eat. It's not a statement about their nutritional intake. It's a statement on their community and spiritual health. And it's a sad statement. The same can be said of us. We are so often coming and going, we have no time to eat. And there are plenty of very good reasons for it. We are end to end most days. We're being asked to work harder and longer. Our families have more expectations to take us apart and fewer that pull us together. But what we're losing is more than nutritious food. We're losing our connection between feeding and being fed. We're missing the opportunity to be with one another in a time of shared need. 
We're giving up the honor of sitting with people we love while we, while we and they hear the word, pray and confess, while they take, break, eat and drink and go out into the world. Wait a minute. What? Oh, you thought I was talking about family spaghetti suppers? I wasn't. Those, too, are vastly important, but you know that. They are also part of the fabric of community, but that's not the meal that I'm worried about. That's not the food that I am most concerned about. That's not what I feel like we are missing. Last week, Elizabeth talked about the plumb line, those things that pull you straight and keep you centered. She mentioned the rule of life that we will soon be asking our resident interns to create for themselves. Consider yourselves warned. We will be talking a lot about a rule of life in coming months. A rule of life is not so much a list of do's and don'ts, but it's rather an examination of our being. It's a way to figure out what you do and why you do it, and then make adjustments and alterations in order to make yourself stronger, more focused on what is worthy of your attention. A rule of life is about rhythm of life, adding and subtracting to that rhythm in order to create balance. It can be as simple as an ordering of your day, like remembering to pray before dinner, or it can be life-changing habits like learning to practice authenticity in your dealings with everyday people. A rule of life can help you figure out what keeps you plumb and level. And if you are off kilter, a rule of life can help you recenter. I'm certain that many, if not most, of you have heard or read the back and forth going on between the op-ed pages of various major publications in the wake of our very own general convention this last month. Word on the street, my friends, is that Christianity is out of touch and dying. In his New York Times article of the same title, Ross Douthat, an active practicing Roman Catholic, asked, Can liberal Christianity be saved? Citing steady decline in membership and attendance in mainline Protestantism over the last four decades, he looks expressly at the Episcopal Church. He attributes this decline to, as he puts it, the Episcopal Church's shift from a sedate pillar of the WASP establishment into one of the most self-consciously progressive Christian bodies in the United States. And he thinks this is a bad thing. <laughs> in that shift, Dothet posits, we have lost our center. We have lost sight of the core values that make us Christian first and above all else. And society around us is responding to that loss by giving up church. There is nothing, says Douthat, that liberal Christianity is offering the world that liberal secularism doesn't already offer. With all due respect to Mr. Douthat, I do not believe that we have lost sight of our plumb line. I know that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. 
I also think that anyone who believes that we have lost sight of that which is of deepest value in our tradition has not visited an Episcopal church recently. Precisely because we eat together. We share at the economics breakfasts and at covenant community dinners. We share at parish picnics and Wednesday night suppers. But more importantly than that, we eat together here at this table. I've made no secret over the last eight years in this pulpit that I value deeply the time we spend around this table. In lofty theological terms, I do believe that it is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet where pain and sorrow are no more, just life everlasting. I think individually for each one of us, it's where we can spend a precious few moments of our increasingly valuable time to recharge ourselves for the hard, hard work we do on the outside. But above all that, my friends, I think that it is where we are the body. We are together. We are equal. We are whole and holy, rich and poor and young and old, singled, married, gay and straight and everything else. We feed and we are fed. We accept each other at the table, broken and exhausted, and remind each other that we are perfect. This is what is so poignant about this little snippet of our morning's gospel. They were so busy, they had no time for this. This is not about filling bellies. This is about nourishing souls, and we need both. This is part and parcel to our own rule of life, to our rhythm of being as a community. And while I know some very happy atheists out there, secular liberalism doesn't have this. And so, as we continue to talk about our Christian expectations of ourselves and of our families, I want you to think of Mr. Delphet as you think about what your rule of life might look like. And I want you, as individuals and as the body, to prove him wrong. Show him and all of those who doubt that Christianity can survive as long as we value, as we always have valued, a gospel of love and abiding acceptance, that we will not only survive, we will thrive. We show up. We do good work. We bury each other's loved ones. We bless each other's babies. We make time. We make time to eat and be nourished by each other and by Christ Jesus, our perfect and holy plumb line, the one who continues to pull us upright and vertical and level. Amen.